What's up, guys? We're back again. Week uh, three is here. Uh, week two is coming. Uh, I'm going to mainly recap week two. Some of the games this week aren't that great, but I'm joined once again. I'm Robert Ventula and joined by Alec Heed and Trent Wasser. What's up, guys? What's going on? Alex got the FSU jersey oh, wow. still. Good, man. <laughs> All right, let's get right into it, man. Let's get to some of the games of the week. Obviously, last week, everyone had the game of the week as Texas and Alabama. And um, look, I... I got to give Alec his props, man. He called it here, and he said that uh, Texas is going to go into uh, Tuscaloosa and win, and sure, they did that uh, pretty handsomely too, man. Uh, Quinn Ewers looked great. Uh, that offense looked great. Defense at the end came together. Um, on the flip side, uh, Nick Saban and his Alabama offense, uh, Milton didn't look too hot. Uh, defense kind of got shaky at the end. So with that said, Alec, I'll give you first dibs since you called the win. What did you think about that game? Well, um, I just had a feeling that this year, especially after playing Alabama last year, Texas would come out and and have a different um, approach to this game. It's not, you know, going and facing the scary Alabama anymore. It's, look, we played this team. We almost beat them. Let's actually do it this year. And that was one of the reasons why I thought they had a chip on their shoulder. Um, A a big reason for me was, like, the the new quarterback – situation at Alabama and it's not to say that Milrow isn't a good quarterback I think he'll do just fine but he's young and and he hadn't faced that sort of pressure uh really uh in Texas their their defensive line's pretty good they brought a lot of pressure and they had them kind of jumping around in the pocket all game so I thought the defensive end they held their own um but yeah Ewers definitely has developed a lot since last year uh, especially, you know, he got injured last year and they were looking really good beforehand. But, um, you know, he was the number one player in the country, if I'm not mistaken, but definitely the number one quarterback. And, um, you know, he he proved it that night. But um, I don't think it's dispositive of anything for either of these teams for the season. Texas plays in the Big 12. It's usually survival of the fittest out there last year. Um TCU kind of came out there almost unscathed, but that rarely happens. So I'm sure Texas will have some tough games moving forward. Um, but Alabama, it was a good test. I, I saw in Saban's post game, he said, you know, we knew this was a test going in and, you know, we, we did fail the test, but he said, it's the midterm. It's not the final. And I agree with him. Um, and I like that approach. You know, he knows what he's doing as a head coach. So I'm sure they'll be okay. Yeah, uh, you said it well, Alec. Um, Trent, it seems like ever since uh, Urs shaved off the mullet, dude, he's looked a lot better. Uh, this was a guy who I think left high school early one year, right, to join Ohio State because he had a lot of uh, – that's when the NIL started to really kick in. And uh, this guy was extremely, extremely hyped. I remember just getting into college football. He, he had one of the biggest arms. People were talking about him as the next great thing, and it's just nice to see him bounce back and uh, beat a solid Alabama team, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, after last season, I, I knew Ewers was good, but I wasn't really totally sold on the, on him, hence why I picked Alabama to win uh, last week. But he looked, he really looked like the real deal, like as advertised uh, last week. Um, you know, it, it's, it's quite easy to forget after the third quarter. I mean, Bama was winning 16-13 after the third. But that fourth quarter, man, uh, Sark just dialed it up. <laughs> and 
I wasn't able to watch the game, or at least the full game live, because I was at the UM game, but I did watch like the condensed version. And that fourth quarter just seemed like he Saban had no answer for Sark. And it's very rare um where you see Saban kind of just have no answer for 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 an offense. So uh I thought that fourth quarter was 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 eye-opening for Texas. Uh might have been the best quarter they've had in a, in a long time against a against a team like that. Um, yeah, I'm thoroughly impressed by Ewers, but also a little disappointed in Milrow. I thought Milrow would be a little better. Um, obviously, he's still young. He's still got a, you know a long way to go, and clearly he has talent. But um, I think Alabama having some uncertainty from a production standpoint in the QB room is an issue. And I said that you know going into the season that you know if they can't figure out the quarterback situation or get the QB production that they're used to that you know, there's a chance they don't make the CFP again. Um, and if, if Milrow can't up that production or find someone that will, then I think it's going to be the similar story uh, of them not making the CFP. Yeah. Uh, you you guys are right, man. Milrow is talented, but uh, needs to obviously some more seasoning. It's really hard to expect someone to go out there and win like I like I we Trent and I thought. But, uh, look, Texas is, Texas is really good. Sar- Sarkeesian is obviously has an elite offense. We all know that. It's Can he put it together in big games? He did this time. Um yeah, we're gonna find out uh, this season what Texas is made of. But right now, man, they they look like a serious threat to uh, to make the playoff. Yeah, I, 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 you know, like Alex said, or I guess what Saban said is, uh, you know, it's still more of a midterm than a final. Um, it, it's easy to to overreact the first two weeks of the season, but they they do look good. And they do look like some early favorites at you know at this point. Yep, Alec, any last words on Texas? Um, no, I just, you guys got to learn to listen to me a little bit more. <laughs> all right. Well, they should have listened to us last week because we all chose uh, you on the lose. And, uh, guess what? Yeah. They, they bounced back and, uh, they came home and arguably had the biggest win since, uh, Notre Dame. And, uh, look, this is a, a great win. This is the biggest win in the Mario Cristobal era. He needed this win in my opinion. And, uh, it was a beautiful, performance offensively look this was tyler van dyke's best game in my opinion i mean he really was spectacular uh made almost every throw made every big play he needed to do the run game was great receiver stepped up uh rest repo played awesome um trend obviously you're one of the biggest canes fans i know so i'll let you go first man what'd you think of this game you were at the game too yeah yeah i mean definitely yeah i've seen the condensed highlights like seven times uh definitely mario chris ball's biggest win you know, probably one of his few wins, obviously, as as a coach of the Canes. But, uh, you know, I said last week going into the game that I just wanted to see something. You know, I, I didn't have very high expectations. I just wanted to see some growth, some improvement. Uh, and we definitely saw that. So, I, I obviously, I'm very happy with the outcome. Um, you know, I said going in that I think the whole line is much improved. And they they definitely showed that I saw a brick wall of an offensive line against a really talented and big Texas A&M front four that honestly they were stifled and I I, I didn't expect the offensive line to dominate the way they did um, especially with you got a, a true sophomore a true freshman on the right side and Inez Cooper and Francis Malagoa and they dominated I mean Cooper won offensive lineman of the week and you know on a national scale so. Um, I think that's very encouraging going forward to see, you know, just how well that offensive line is. Cause if you have a good offensive line, you can compete in any game. Um, 
But at the same time, offensive coordinator, which uh, Shannon Dawson was also dialing it up, especially, you know, in inside the five yard line, I was very impressed with his play calling, uh, running, getting very creative with motions and play actions and getting guys. I mean, he ran a play that uh, was a Jacoby George touchdown uh, where he had Jacoby George motion in and then just book it back to the outside. And I was like, I've seen that play before. And it was Devontae Smith that ran it at Alabama in the national championship game and it worked like a charm. And we hadn't run, we'd never run a play like that, like ever. And just to see the creativity uh, in the red zone and just getting points when you need points, uh, again, very impressive. Um, obviously, earlier in the game, we had some big miscues with uh, special teams. We had the block punt, we had the muff punt, and just get to Texas A&M Texas 14 points. But I guess the encouraging, encouraging thing from that is, you know, you clean that up and you probably blow out Texas A&M. So, um, Again, super happy with the offense. On the defensive side, uh, I think there's a lot, a, a lot to be cleaned up there. I thought the front seven was kind of getting pushed around a little bit, you know, throughout the, most of the game. Um, it seems like they were getting a lot of yards per carry. Uh, Jimbo made some adjustments in the second half that kind of, you know, that first drive of the game coming out of the second half, <clears throat> they just ran it down our throat and we couldn't stop them. So I think defense has has some improvements to make still. Uh, Gidry was dialing up the blitzes a lot. We were getting to we were getting to to Weinman, you know, or Weigman, whatever his name is, all game. Um, he was getting it out though. Credit to him. He was still making completions. I think he's actually a pretty good quarterback. Um, but you know, in, in general, overall, I'm I'm pretty happy. Uh, again, it's one game. It's a huge win. But again, it's still only one game. They have to put it together for all twelve games. They still have. A lot more big games remaining this season, Florida State, Clemson, UNC, you know, to name. So uh, it's a good start for sure this season, uh, but we want to see more. You know, you can't just be content after one game. They got to keep putting it together. Yeah, uh, very good point, man. Uh, Alec, what do you think of this game, man? Big game for uh, UM, dude. Yeah, I actually have a lot to say about this game, but, um, you know, I'm going to try my best to keep it short. Um my main takeaway from the game was that, you know, obviously it was a nice back and forth in the first half, you know, like Trent said, uh, that you kind of stumbled up on a couple of plays there in the first half. And usually those could be big momentum killers, um, but they kind of kept it together in the first half. And in the second half, even as they started to pull away, Texas A&M kept clawing back, clawing back just when you think they're pulling away and I'm claws back. And the big thing for me was just to see that um, the Canes just kept pushing, stay true to their game plan, stay true to didn't fall apart in the heat of the moment. You know, a lot of things that we were seeing last year and uh, it just seemed like they were ready and uh, confident in themselves that, that they could pull out this win. And uh, you kind of saw that with the end result and just their product on the field. On the defensive side, I haven't seen – uh um defense hit hard like this since like the late 2000s with the sean spences and all these <laughs> all these hard hitters um you know every play it just seems like they're cracking dudes and and props to their um dc gidry um you know he's he's an energetic guy and and um you know they were they were bringing the pain for a lot of that game but i know that they had some injuries on the defensive line and that was, I think, one of the reasons why AM was able to keep clawing back and 
uh, props to Wagman. I think he is actually a pretty decent quarterback. Um, I, to me, I didn't really think this going into the game, but I think now, even not just based off the score, I think that the Canes are a better team uh, just based off of what I saw from the two. And um, there's a lot of good momentum for that moving forward. Um, offensively, everything seemed to be working out. Um, you know, that they, 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 did what they had to do and also took advantage of some, um, you know, big blow up plays, broken tackle, uh, you know, for touchdowns where you keep when you're staying true to the play and then it just keeps going on and they go down and score. Um, so they got those big plays, the kick return. I mean, obviously, those are these types of plays are 90 percent of the time, you know, plays made by the winning team. So you saw a lot of winning traits from them um, in this game. Uh, A&M, not so sure about moving forward with their futures looking like. I know based off per- personal experience, when things start to look kind of, <laughs> uh, kind of bad for Jimbo, he kind of hightails it out of there and, and goes and tries to start somewhere else. So wouldn't be surprised if, if he's already planning his exit. Yeah, um, so- but, um, yeah, overall, um, I will I will say they had a couple of, you know, unfortunate situations it, it had rained pretty heavy uh trent was there he saw at the game and there was a lot of plays where it seemed like AM was slipping up uh especially one of the the first interception that their quarterback threw um and i think on one of the miami touchdowns but that's just part of the game you know that, that's not a reason to say why they won or lost but um overall great great win for the canes big step uh for the program and for um mario uh, and his relationship with the fans, I think, is, is looking pretty good right now. Yep. And uh, Trent said, look, their next three games, they should win. I think they're going to be – obviously, they'll be favored the next three. And then uh, they got that big game at UNC. So we'll we'll go from there. But quick question, guys. Uh, you meant you've touched it on a little bit, Alec. Uh, what is the future for A&M, man? I mean, this is another year Jimbo has lost a game, though. Let's be honest. He probably should have won. Uh, he has a stacked, stacked recruiting class. Uh, he has a stacked team. And – uh, you said it yourself. The quarterback wasn't the reason they lost this game. So what's what's the issue here? Why can't Jimbo get this team together? So, you know, maybe it's, it's just time to start asking the question. That <laughs> That's maybe, what I'm getting to. Maybe Jimbo's roster at FSU was just really good because honestly, it was. I mean, you look at that roster. You, you got 22 NFL players in the starting lineup. So, uh, maybe that was it. Maybe he had Heisman greatest season of all time, Jameis, and. He didn't have to be the greatest coach. I mean, obviously, he had another good season after that, again with another talented roster. And then he came to AM. And then he, like, did he win 9 10 in his first season at AM? But uh, they had Kellen Munson. Yeah, maybe Kellen Munson. Ever, ever since he's been tanking. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I think Jimbo's a good coach, but I, I really do think that we're we're not making he's being made out more like he got a contract. I, I don't, I really don't think he's too deserving of. At least it doesn't look that way. I know Alec has a, affinity for Jimbo because of what he brought to FSU, obviously, but I don't see him being that top coach, you know, and at least not anymore. Um, this is too, well, I don't want to say too yet because it's, it's, it's a little premature, but last season was extremely disappointing with a very talented roster and year four of his tenure. And now he's on year five with an equally talented roster and a quarterback that looked like he was pretty decent against the UM. You know, I, I'll tell you firsthand, he wasn't bad. Um, and just 
she can't get it done. So, and, and I don't think their schedule is going to do them any favors again this season. So if, if Jimbo at, at the very least can't make a bowl again, then got to start asking some real questions, man. <laughs> you really, you really did. I know his buyout is crazy, but boy, you gotta, you, you gotta think about it. Yeah. I mean, Texas a and is a big name school. So, uh, Alec, yeah. Any last words on A&M dude? Yeah, I'm sure they could afford that buyout. They got the oil money. <laughs> but um, no, I, I think that um, you're right. I mean, it doesn't look too good. I think in the four years leading up to Jimbo's championship at FSU, we had teams that I believe were capable of making a solid run, maybe national championship teams before that 2013 season. We always lost stupid games that we weren't supposed to. And it may be true that what got him over the edge was Jameis Winston you know, one of the greatest quarter, college quarterbacks in the last, whatever, 20, 30 years. Um, but, um, you know, he, he's he's a bright mind in, in football, and I think he could be valuable in a lot of different ways. But as far as managing a football team, having the right quarter or coordinators in place or in whatever team management, like maybe he's losing the grip on that. Maybe he's getting tired of it. You know, he's not as hungry as he was when he was young and coming to fill the shoes of Bobby Bowden. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they're going to yeah. look. All right, guys, on a, on a bright note here, let's go to uh, Colorado against Nebraska. Let's be honest, the first quarter was a little rough, rough for both teams, and then uh, Shadir Sanders took it away, man. He looked awesome. Uh, there's a lot of noise surrounding Colorado. Trent and I were talking about it before we started this pod. Uh, there's a lot of videos now of Deion himself saying that his phone's blowing up of all these recruits wanting to play for him next year. Um, guys, I mean, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, Colorado could blow up in the next couple of years in terms of just how good they could possibly be. I know they've played Nebraska. I, I talked about their defense a little bit. Matt Rule, uh, obviously, he did something at half uh, – stumbled up like at half field or something. I got them riled up. But uh, Colorado looks good, man. They look like a real team. Uh, they're ranked, obviously. Got their big win at home. Uh, Alec, what do you think about this uh, Deion Sanders, uh, Colorado? Well, yeah, I think you're right uh, that they, there's some. it's a team to be worried about uh, moving forward. I really can't even put my finger on how what their ceiling is this year. Like, I don't, I just don't know. We'll see once they play that big game against Oregon and USC and a couple of these teams. But, man, they have such a good offense. Um, and – I don't think that their defense is as spectacular. Nebraska, on the other hand, I don't think they're going to be able to win many games with Jeff Sims at quarterback this year. <laughs> um, he, he's 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 nothing special. So, um, you know, it just came down to who's going to score more points, I think, in this game. And clearly Colorado is able to do that with Shadur having another big game. Um, it seems like they're throwing the ball a lot. Which is which is fun. A lot of like quick slants and stuff like that, but it's a, a, a lot of passing on the offense. This guy Weaver uh, is like their main their main um, you know bull at receiver. They feed this guy, and um, you know I think that they're going to continue on with this game plan of just um, trying to fly down the field, score, see what they could do on defense, and then come back down and score again, and score again. And that's what the Pac-12 has kind of always been about. So um, I think that they can do well moving on in the season. But, yeah, I had a feeling that they would be able to win this game um, in a convincing manner. So it, it's early for Nebraska. But um, 
we'll see. We'll see with uh, Matt yeah. Rule. I remember in the offseason, guys, we we did a pod about Colorado for a bit. We talked about how good could this team be, and and uh, we all agreed that this is going to be on the premise of how good Shadir Sanders can be. We were kind of skeptical. We saw the Heisman odds, and uh, we were still a little bit skeptical. Man, he's turning out to be quite the player, Trent. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't want to put a ceiling on this team just yet just because you know, they played a probably overrated, but probably still decent TCU team. And they played just a, a bad Nebraska team um, that really is not going to be able to score a lot. It's not going to score a lot of points this year. Um, so until they really get tested by a USC or a Utah or whatever, may, whatever the case may be, I think that's when we can really, you know, get a good evaluation of what this team really brings to the table. But, you know, these first two weeks, they've, they've answered the call. I mean, Sanders has been just about perfect. It's if you were to have a, a Heisman debate right now, it's him and and Caleb. It's, it's those two guys are way out in front. So and that's which is crazy to think about. So, um, and then obviously Hunter still playing both ways. He's still doing he's still doing great on both sides of the ball. This guy Weaver is a is crazy. Like he, he's already got he's over over three. Uh, I think he's over three hundred yards now in two his first two games. Um, the offense just looks. Crazy, and it looks like it. Like Alex said, it's a a classic Pac-12 team with a really good offense. Um, but I think it says a lot. Nebraska was only able to score 14 after TCU scored 40 on them the week before. Um, so I don't want to, you know, again go crazy off of this game just because I think Nebraska's just not there yet. My, you know, my rules first year. Um, but, you know, Colorado's the kind of team, especially with Dion. they win 10 games. You know, they win a big one against USC or Utah or whatever. They win a big bowl game. You're going to see a lot of commits, a lot of transfers, um, and they are absolutely a program to fear if, if they do well. Yeah. What about you, Alec? Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, Colorado – they're going to be doing well. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about them playing Oregon, which I think is next week. Um, and I think it'll probably be the first time where they're getting some serious pressure in, in the pocket. Oh, no, next week. You Not next week? After. They got Colorado State this week, which is no, going yeah, to be next cool. week. Next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to play at Eugene. So that'll be the test. Yeah. That, that's it. Yeah. And so. and uh Dan Lanning, um their defense, they're gonna be set throwing everything at this guy. Yep. Uh and they're probably gonna rough him up. I don't think he's gotten hit too hard yet. So they have they have USC the week after that too. Yep. Yeah. So like you know, word's still not out yet. Well the word is out. The word is very loud too, but like you know, are they a playoff team? We won't know until they play these teams. But I think there's, even, there's potential there. Even if they can win one of two, that would be incredible considering uh, – Yeah, uh, just I think one of two is the one for them. Yep. So, uh, with that said, let's go to another game that was uh, technically an upset. Uh, that was Luke Fickles, Wisconsin, uh, against uh, Washington State. Uh, you know me. I love me some Washington State. They came up and got that win. Um Look, the Luke Fickle arrow starts. Uh, this is a game that uh, he, sh I don't know if he should have won, but uh, I mean they were favored and uh, they lost. I believe this game was in Wisconsin too, right? Uh, not sure, but what did you quickly think about that? 
Uh, I'll go. Uh, I wasn't able to catch the game again because I was I was at the UM game. But you know, it, it's hard to sleep on Washington State. They seem like they have a pretty good, maybe not every year, but as of late, Washington State has been a pretty good program. Um, and again, I know Fickle has this reputation or whatever, but it's still his first year. Um, it's just not. It's hard to really put a huge expectation on a first year coach. Um, especially, you know, Washington State's not, not, not a bad team. They're ranked 23 now. Um, it's not like it's a really bad, <clears throat> bad loss or anything. I think it was in, I think it was in Washington as well. Um, Washington State's got good players. I know Cameron Ward's a good quarterback. Um, yeah, Wisconsin has some talent on their team. I know Tanner Mordecai's a good player, but I wouldn't get too down about Wisconsin here. I think they, they lost to a good team at home. Um, and you know it's just not it's not a good indication of 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 their goal at Wisconsin moving forward. It's just they they, they put a tough team in a, in a relatively tough environment. So it's I think it's okay. You're okay if you're Wisconsin. Yeah, and by the way, I was wrong. This game was in Washington State. So what do you think about it, Alec? Um, I think that you know if this game was in Wisconsin, it could have gone a different way. Um. You know, considering how kind of close it was, and maybe Fickle could have pulled out a big win uh, to get the ball rolling. But the, the Washington State coach—I forgot his name—but he's recent. He's a recent coach. I think it's like a second or third year. Um, and you know, in a conference where you're going up against a lot of beefy teams, if you have a big out-of-conference game, you want to try to win those, and um, especially when you're at home. So, I think. Uh, it was a big win for Washington State. I don't know where they'll stand, you know, moving forward in their conference. Uh, Wisconsin, you know, the thing about the <clears throat> Big Ten is like it, there's a there's a really big uh, what do you call it wealth gap, if you will, where yeah. you got these boss hog teams and then there's everyone else. So are you know fickle? What he did in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, was was impressive. Uh, you know, Brian Kelly did the same thing in Cincinnati year, years ago. Uh, for for him to be able to get them back, I think they went to the playoff, right? Cincinnati maybe went to the playoff. With Fickle. Uh, with Fickle. They yeah. did make the playoff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with Fickle. With Sauce Gardner. Um, so there's a chance that, yeah, and Ritter and all these. Yeah. So um, there's a chance that um, – he can get them back. I think he's a good enough coach. He comes from Ohio State, and he kind of knows that system. But it's it's too early for that. Um, he just kind of kind of get his players in. I'm sure you know there's not a big transfer portal in recruiting appeal to come to Wisconsin. But um, you know, you got to give the guy time, and I'm sure that he'll have that program doing well and winning 10, 11 games like they were five years ago. Yep. All right. I'll quickly recap here. Um, obviously, I picked Oregon to make the playoffs, so I watch. I watch them pretty a lot, and uh, I'll say this: they're very lucky to escape with the win there. Uh, the score doesn't dictate what the game was. There was a late pick six at the end, but they could have easily have lost this game. A late push to get a field goal, and then a pick six just from a quarterback trying to make a play. But uh, Oregon is extremely lucky to get out of Texas Tech with a win. Um, obviously I still have them in the playoff, but, uh, they look a little shaky, man. Uh, this is what happens with, with the Bo Nix experience. what do you think quickly about Oregon, uh, Trent? Um, I think Oregon's fine. Um, I think Bo Nix still looked, looked good. 
throwing the ball, running the ball. Um, he's obviously still got weapons. He's got Bucky Irving, who's who's honestly he's a stud running back. Um, you know, this was just a shaky game. I think that this is just one of those games. They went into Lubbock. It was a super hostile environment. Texas Tech was jacked up about this game. I know some people even picked Texas Tech to win this game. I think uh, it might have been Kirk. I think Kirk Herbstreit picked this game, picked Texas Tech to win. But um, I think that it's one of those games where, honestly, you you might be a little encouraged because they faced a lot of adversity. Again, another hostile environment, and they still were able to pull it out. Um, not their best game, but still responded enough to win. Um, and that's just not, that's not easy to do, especially at Texas Tech. It's hard to play at Texas Tech in a game like this. So um, I think Oregon will be fine. Uh, I don't think that Oregon fans should be concerned, uh, at least not yet. Um, there will be more tests down the road. But, you know, to go into Lubbock at night, win a game when it's, you know, especially close like this, it's not easy for any team. So I, I think that uh, I think Oregon's okay. Yeah. What about you, Alec? They were down uh, big. I, I guess they may have, uh, had a big second half surge and things weren't looking too good. Quarter, at 20 I had this quarter. game pretty high up on my college football pick them, and I was worried. I was watching the game late. Um, but, you know, that that is what a playoff team does in this situation, you know, uh, or teams that go on playoff or championship runs. You know, they can fight back when they're down and you know, prove that they are the better team, the winning team. I don't uh, – I'm trying to remember about Texas Tech because I think they had a sloppy – no, they lost in overtime to Wyoming. Obviously, you know, not the best loss, but I don't think Wyoming's that bad. Um, obviously, Texas Tech's a bigger program. But anyway, you know, they're playing close in these games. It's a couple close losses. This one they let slip right out of their fingers, and it was at home. Um. So, so that one's got to hurt. But um, Oregon, they're going to be fine. But Bo Nix is, is, you know, played well in this game and, um, you know, running and passing the ball. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the main takeaway was that, you know, they came back uh, with a vengeance, really, and um, won this game when they very well could have lost in a, a bad away game. So, um, Oregon's looking good. Yeah. All right. Not much more to say on Oregon. Look, they, they, they escaped big, big shout out to Texas tech. They fought their ass off. Almost won that game. Kudos to them. Um, let's get to, uh, the Jersey of Alec e, That is, um, FSU. Mm-hmm. Obviously they had another big win, not against a great opponent, but, uh, you know, the score indicated itself, but, uh, Alec, I'll start with you, man. What'd you think of FSU? Anything you saw you didn't like or liked in general? Yeah, I mean, I'll keep it brief. Uh, we looked a little sloppy at times, um, but that's not the story of the game, I don't think. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of tension on that. Definitely some drop passes. Johnny Wilson, once again, you know, he's he's getting a lot of heat um, for, for not being able to bring in some catches that he should be bringing in. Um, but, you know, we, with ten minutes left in the third quarter, we pulled Jordan Travis is 45-3. to so, you know, yeah, we maybe looked a little sloppy. We were able to get the backups in so they can get some good reps in, which I was happy about. Um, but, yeah, I mean, expected to win this game, expected to win it big. We're playing BC this weekend, and who knows, um, you know, if that game will be played. Apparently there's this hurricane going over there. So by the time this podcast comes out, we'll see if it's even scheduled. But, um, 
you know, I think the Knolls are the better team there. But anyway, yeah, good win. Now we got to move forward. We got to win convincingly this weekend, and then it's on to Clemson uh, in two weeks. Yep. Alec, quick thoughts on that game? Trent, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, a lot of my Florida State fans weren't, you know, totally thrilled, like Alex said, because of the sloppiness and, you know, what have you. But end of the day, it's Southern Miss. They were probably playing to their, to their you know, opponent's skill level. I mean, I know that the offense was a little more on the conservative side for good reason. Um, and, you know, it's – you know, at the end of the day, Southern Miss couldn't advance the ball at all. They, they, they could barely do anything offensively. And this is a team that, you know, in their conference, they were pretty good last year. I know Frank Gore was actually one of the top running backs in the conference last year, and, he, you know, he couldn't do anything against Florida State. Um, you still saw flashes of Keon Coleman hurtling over guys, like just talking <laughs> about a star. Um, but, you know, they were spreading the ball. Like Alex said, the backups came in. They were running – they ran the ball a lot. They ran the ball plenty. Um, and that's just by design. I mean, I, they still won 66 to 13. And it almost felt like they weren't even trying too hard. So, Alec, the only thing that, that that would be concerning, Alec brought it up, is the Johnny Wilson drops are starting to get a little repetitive. And that's annoying because FSU fans and the rest of the country know how good Johnny Wilson can be. Um, but he's got to clean that up because he they, they do need him. Um, he may not be their best receiver anymore, at least in my opinion. I think Keon Coleman's clearly the best receiver there, but I, they need Johnny to make plays. He's he's a he's a huge playmaker for them, either down the field or in the inter- intermediate game. But he's got to bring down those catches, and I think that if he can get get that cleaned up, um, FSU's offense going forward is really going to be hard to stop. But you can't really look into this game too much. Yeah, and like you guys said, when you win by that big of a margin at this point, you're just nitpicking. But uh, look, it is FSU. We have a lot of guys who watch FSU. Kudos to FSU. We all know when the next time their big game is, that's Clemson. But uh, they got to take care of business next week. But uh, that should be a fun game in two weeks, man. Um, Quickly, Trent and I talked about it a little bit. Uh, That is just how great Caleb Williams has been. Uh, Granted, he's played a couple of uh, cupcake games. Stanford, you know, Big name, but hadn't really been great in the last couple of years, especially since David Shaw left recently. But um, look, Williams looks awesome. He's virtually making every play. Everyone sees the highlights. Uh, he can make every throw. Um, he can throw an 80-yard bomb, can run for 30 yards, can do a flick of the wrist pass. Uh, the guy does it all, man. He really is uh, something uh, to watch. Right, Alec? Yeah, I mean, one thing is like, you know, is is he going to be in contention in the Heisman this year again? Uh, it's something that's very hard to do when it's twice, let alone two years in a row. But the thing is, you got to play flashy and you got to make these crazy plays. And he's still doing all that. He's still proving that he's the best quarterback, I think, in the country. Um, and, you know, as long as he's leading the team, they're going to have a chance to win every game. Um, you know, and, and knock on wood, you know, as long as he stays healthy, obviously. But if he's not on that team, I think he, the they're a completely different team. Not to say that they don't have other talent around them, but I really think that he elevates them to a, a different level. Um, so I insist, I expect him to, you know, play like this and be a huge threat to every team that uh, faces them, you know, for the entire season. And that's why I saw them getting into the playoff um, at the end of the year. Uh, at least that's my prediction. So, um yeah, they're looking great, and they're going to have some tough games. I think they play Notre Dame as well, not just the Pac-12 team. So, 
those games we'll see, um, you know, when they're facing a, a, a tough defense, you know, how they can respond. But um, they're they're going to be doing just fine. Yeah. We all know Lincoln Riley's due for a, uh, a troubling cupcake game where he's going to struggle and probably win by a field goal. But like uh, I don't know when that's going to be, but y'all know it's going to come. Uh, quick thoughts, Trent, on, on Caleb Williams. Yeah, I mean, obviously I picked him before the season to win the Heisman again. I still like my my chances there. Um, you know, obviously it's early, it's still three weeks in, but he looks just as good, if not better, than he did last season. Uh he he he's he looks like Mahomes, straight up. He he the way he escapes the pocket and finds someone downfield or in the end zone and just again flicks the wrist and it just is a dart right to their chest. It's <laughs> it's pretty incredible. And I know he's not playing the greatest teams, but He's just dominating. And I mean, he went 19 for 21 against Stanford and three touchdowns. He didn't even, he came out of the game too. It's, it was, he's just destroying them. I mean, they were up on Stanford uh, 49 to three in the first half. And I think they pulled him. So there's not much to say other than the fact that this guy's incredible. He's one of the best uh, quarterback prospects. Honestly, I like him more as a prospect than, you know, the guy that's the length of, Lawrence and 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 guys like that. So, um, I think kind of Caleb Williams is a really special quarterback. Um, and can, can just do it all. And he's and he's showing it. There's no other way to yeah, put it. Yeah, we we threw out the word generational a lot, but I really believe he really is generational. I mean, and I'm telling you this right now: market calendars for USC Colorado because that's going to be one of the biggest shootouts you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, you hit the nail on the head on that one. Um, I don't, I don't think he's played a full game this year yet. Right. I mean, I think he's been There's taking no out. <laughs> so, blowing out everybody they play. Yeah. They, have, they haven't uh, played anybody, but they're blowing everybody out. Yep. All right. We'll quickly talk about, uh, Ole Miss and then we'll, we'll give some of our picks and head on out of here. Uh, look, Ole Miss beat Tulane in Tulane. Tulane had a, um, a real chance to win this game. It was competitive for a while, but, uh, uh, Jackson Dard and Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss pulled out late. Uh, look, they look really good. The last couple of years, Ole Miss has, has always had a great offense. We all know that uh, Lane Kiffin has one of the best offenses in college football. He's quite the character too. Uh, quick thoughts on uh, on Ole Miss getting a good win at Tulane, Trent. Um, I think that's a really good win for Ole Miss. I think they they played a, a good Tulane team, and I think they saw that in the first three quarters. Um, because I think the game was. Tied, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, tw- it was 17 17, right? Yeah, 17 17 at the end of the, th- the, end of the third quarter. And you know, it's Lane, <laughs> it's, it's it's hard to say anything else. It's just I think, I think Lane really, really dialed it up in the fourth quarter. Um, and look, Tulane's two, two got good, Tulane's got good players, man. I mean, they have a good, good ground game, they still have Kai Horton, like they, they got dogs. And the, again, this game was in New Orleans, so. Uh, this was not an easy win. I think it's it's a testament to Ole Miss to see them do what they did in the fourth quarter, obviously scoring 20 points. Um, I do think that they want Jackson Dart to be a little better throughout the course of a game, um, especially if they want to compete in, in the SEC. You know, even they're just their division, they're going to need more production out of Dart, I think. But still a big win. I think they, they showed a lot, a lot in the fourth quarter. Um, they got a lot of weapons. Um, but I think it's, I think it's a good one for Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, Ali, why are you, man? I think that the score is a little deceiving. Uh, there's Ole Miss pulled away. They had a fumble six, like with under a minute left. Um, but they scored to go up. I think like we're 
it's like less than five minutes in the fourth quarter. They they had a touchdown to kind of separate themselves, and then they got a field goal to go up ten, and um, and then they had this fumble six at the very end of the game when Tulane was you know in their last effort. But you know, props to Tulane, man. They they are a solid team. You know, they played a hell of a season last year. They ultimately ended it with a win against USC uh, in a New Year's Six Bowl. And, um, you know, considering that Ole Miss's offense is supposed to be really explosive and this and that, uh, it seemed like the defense was really the difference maker for Ole Miss is what won them the game. Uh, this guy Horton is supposed to be pretty good. I think they did a good job of, especially in the past, um, protect like uh, defensive backs and, you know, pass coverage. Uh, Ole Miss looked really good in that aspect, and the quarterback wasn't able to shine as much. But um, Ole Miss got lucky. Uh, they did not win this game big in my mind. I mean, I know the score says so, but, uh, uh, you know, it's interesting for them. And, and like Trent said, going into SEC play, I don't know how they'll fare. Uh, maybe maybe they will improve. But uh, props to both teams in this game, in my opinion. Um, as, but especially Tulane. It's unfortunate to lose that game at home. But they were really in it. Uh, they were up at halftime. You know, I think it was tied at the end of the third. So they could have very well won this game. Yeah. And look, Tulane still has a long season. I do believe they're gonna have a good year. It's a tough team, and uh, look, they've they've exceeded expectations by years. The fact they're at this level now is is pretty impressive. So nothing to uh, hold your head down for Tulane fans. All right, we're gonna make some game day picks here. Uh, believe me when I tell you guys at home, uh, this might be one of the worst college football week slates <laughs> I've seen in a long time. But there are a couple games that that definitely intrigue me. Um, I'm I, I really want to do it. I really want to pick this team. But I just can't do it. Uh, but I do believe it's gonna be an extremely close game. And I have Mississippi State against LSU at home. <laughs> um, I'm telling you, man, I'm just not a big Jaden Daniels believer. Um, I don't think he's a bad player, but uh Mississippi State's two and oh playing in Mississippi State is probably the most annoying atmosphere in the world, uh, with the cow cowbells. Um, look, I really like this Mississippi State team. I don't think they're gonna win, but I do think it's gonna be very close, and it would not shock me if Mississippi State does win. But uh, we'll start with you first, Trent. What do you think about that? I don't think that's that bold of a pick, just because Mississippi State at home, not the easiest place to play. Got the cowbells rocking. Um, but, you know, you got to remember, LSU's loss was against a very, very good team, Florida State. Um, and again, again, Brian Kelly just got outcoached by – Mike Norvell, but, you know, LSU is still, I think LSU is still a pretty good team. They have a lot of talent. Um, and Jane Daniels might be the, the you know, the third highest Heisman, Heisman odds like people thought, but I think he's still a solid quarterback, a uh, veteran quarterback, been there before, uh, been in hostile environments before. So I, I do think LSU will still pull this out. Um, got a lot of beef up front too. They, they'll have guys that, that did not play in the FSU game like Mason Taylor. Um, or sorry, Mason Smith. Um, so I, I like F, I like LSU here, but it, it's I I see where you're coming from on on Mississippi State. That's not that's not the boldest pick. Yeah, what about you, Alec? Um, I think that if Mike Leach was still coaching, God rest his soul, <laughs> they would 
They, I, I would probably pick them to win this game. Um, just because he, nobody really has an answer, had an answer to to Leach. Um, I'm not. I don't know too much about this new coach, and they are two and zero, which is interesting. I am. I wonder if you know this team has something to prove. You know, they want to win for their coach who passed away. Um, and this could be that big game for them. You know, to to kind of make that step. Uh, but ultimately, I I, I don't know enough about their coach to you know, say he's going to be able to out X and O, um, Brian Kelly and staff. And uh, I agree with Trent. I think the LSU is probably the better team. But, you know, they haven't um, – I don't know what they did in week two. I think they had some blowout win or something. No, it came off an overtime win against Arizona. No, no not, uh, not Mississippi State. Oh, LSU? LSU. Um, they uh blew out. They blew out Grambling, Grambling, yeah, yeah. and that was a home game. But now they got to go back away, and they didn't look too. They didn't look too great. Um, against FSU, not as good as everyone thought they would be. So, you know, uh, we've yet to see that they could do that and win convincingly against a decent team, especially an in-conference game. So this is kind of a test for them. But I think that they'll be ready after being shell shocked with that early season loss uh, in week one. You know, they understand that they can't really afford to, to slip up in a game like this. I think that they'll be ready and uh, and they'll go in there and, and win the game. But, no, it's a good pick, Robert. Um, you know, I could I could see that happen. It's also, you know? it's also a noon game, and I think that doesn't help their cause. I think if it was a night game, it'd be a little different in Mississippi State. But noon game, you know, I think hurts them a little bit. Yeah. Well, we all have LSU, so um, yeah, keep your eyes on that game. Another game that is a little bit intriguing to me. Uh, maybe you guys will see it, maybe you won't. Um, we talked about Texas's big win against Alabama, but Trent brings or Alec brings it up all the time. Sark Mania. These are the kind of games that they might slip exactly. in. Exactly. Wyoming is a lot better than people think. I watched them last week. Their quarterbacks a beast. They coming off a big win. Um, this is a pretty tough offense to stop, man. I. I Obviously, I think Texas is going to win. It is in Texas, but uh, don't sleep on Wyoming. I think it'll be a lot closer than people think. What do you think about that, Alec? Yeah, I, I think that they will. I think that Texas will lose a game or two or three this year. Uh, <laughs> that is Sarkmania, uh, you know, at its core. And, you know, it seems like the, the Alabama game probably – in my opinion, means more to that team than winning the conference. I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, they probably had their focus lined in for that Bama game more than they will be moving forward in the season. And, um, you know, Wyoming did beat Texas Tech, uh, but I don't know. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not that bold on, on this one. I think that being at home and having being a night game at home after a huge win, they're coming back home. The crowd crowd's going to show out. You know, I could see them winning, winning big in this one. But moving into Big Twelve play, um, when I don't know who they play, but they'll definitely play some teams that are giving some problems. Oklahoma looks a lot better this year. That'll be an interesting game. So, uh, we'll see about Texas moving forward. But I think they'll win this one. Yeah, uh, Trent. I think I know where you're going, but go ahead, man. Uh, no, I I think you brought up a great point about Sarkmania and about um coming off of big wins like they like they did against Alabama. But I think I think it's a different team than it was last year, especially. I think 
people were super high on Texas after they almost beat Alabama last season. Um, whereas this year they actually beat them and actually handled them in the fourth quarter. Um, I think you're seeing a different Ewers as well. And we might be seeing a different Sark. So, and again, I'm not saying Texas is back. That's not what I'm trying to go with here, but um, they're still a, a complete, completely superior opponent to Wyoming, even though obviously, like we said, Wyoming's, you know, not that bad. They're coming off a win against Texas tech week one, but Texas just looks really good right now. Yeah. Um, and they look like they're just in rhythm. So um, I, I, I like Texas here and I like yep. them big. I'm trying to get your viewers at home to sit on your couch and get some popcorn and watch something. But uh, last game that intrigues me, um, I think you guys would might agree, it's um, the Minnesota Golden Gophers going to UNC. They're 2-0. Um, look, Drake Mays, obviously a phenomenal quarterback. Uh, he's, a, he's supposed to be a top three pick. But uh, the Golden Gophers are always pesky, man, every year. They always find ways to scratch and claw and get some wins they shouldn't always get. Um, look, New coach, uh, Drake Mays, obviously a great quarterback, but uh, this is a team that barely beat Appalachian State last week. Um, I'm, I keep my I keep my eye on that game. I have North Carolina winning, but that's another one that wouldn't shock me if UNC loses. What do you think about that one, Alec? I don't think that uh, Minnesota has the brass offensively to to win a shootout against North Carolina, and and that's ultimately how North Carolina wins games. And I also think that if Appalachian State played Minnesota, they could probably beat Minnesota. Appalachian State's a phenomenal team, you know, historic, ex- historic success in Division Two. Uh, or no, they've they've moved in. I, I think they're, they're in FBS now. They're in FBS yeah. now. But you know what I mean? Like that's a solid program. Um, so uh, you know, when I saw that that was a close game, I watched a lot of it actually. Uh, but Same. when I saw it was close, I wasn't super surprised to see that. Because the App State, they did it last year against a and They obviously did it against Michigan years ago, and they've been there ever since. So, um, But, but yeah, ultimately, I think that the UNC offense is going to be the thing that wins them games and, you know, May uh, leading the way. So, uh, I like UNC in this game. Yeah. Trent, real quick. Yes, it's not often, but I, I pretty much agree with everything Alec just said. Um you know, if, if App State played Minnesota, I'd probably pick App State as well. Uh, I, I don't think Minnesota, yes, they're 2-0, but um, like Alec mentioned, offensive firepower, they only scored 13 on Nebraska. You know, Colorado just dropped a 40-burger in their sleep against them. Um, so I UNC is just going to outscore them. I don't think they're going to really have an answer for Drake May in that offense. And and, and on top of that, they're, you know, they're coming off of a, a disappointing win against App State. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure they're going to be ready for this game. It's in North Carolina. Um, so I, I like North Carolina here. I will say this. If it was in Minnesota, I think I'd actually pick Minnesota to win that game. <laughs> um, but, look, those are really the only three games that I see that are pretty intriguing. I think you guys might agree. I mean, this is a really bad slate of games this week. Um, I will say I actually am pretty interested to watch uh, the Gators play Tennessee at home. Uh, that one could potentially be a little bit close, but I don't see them being Tennessee – uh, any other games that stick out before we go, guys? Can I just one second on the floor to Tennessee? <laughs> um, I will be there. I'm going to Gainesville this weekend uh, to the Swamp at night uh, when the Gators host the Tennessee Vols. And, you know, I have this thing about Tennessee my entire life. 
they've always found a way to just blow it, you know? Like, <laughs> they've always they, – they if any team is cursed in college football, it's Tennessee. And um, last year, I think the thing that kind of got them over that hump was Hendon Hooker. And that's not to say that Joe Melton isn't, you know, sufficient enough, but they played a very, very depleted Virginia team uh and and took care of them and then they played austin p this is their first big game of the year um and they're going to play in the swamp doesn't matter how good or bad the gators are in my opinion it's really hard to win in the swamp yep and a lot of people are going to be at that game the crowd is going to show out another thing that's interesting is the gators have played a big game already they have played against utah they have gone and taken those big hits and they're going to be ready for this game I am going to go out on a limb, and I know Trent's going to record this and send it to me when I when I end up <laughs> being wrong. I'm going to pick the Gators to win this game at home. Bold pick. Uh, I see your point a lot. That's why I brought it up as well. In the swamp, it's I don't. You're right, man. I don't care who the team is. You can lose any week in that environment. There's a couple of environments, and that's always one of them. Uh, but I'm just a big believer in Joe Milton. Obviously, he was my Heisman pick, so that's the reason I have them winning simply because of Joe Milton. But uh, Look, if they had any other quarterback, I would agree with you, Alec. That's a it's a good pick, and your track record's looking pretty good, man. So uh, we'll we'll see. What about you, Trent? It's not the craziest pick, um, just because he's the right. Rivalry game. It's a it's it is a rivalry game, and it's a night game in the swamp. Like anything can happen in a night game in the swamp. It's just it's going to be a sold out crowd. It's it's you know one of their biggest games of the year. Um, so it's 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 a very very tough place to play. Um. But I just don't see how this Florida team can win this game just off of an X and O X's and O standpoint. I think Tennessee is a better team than Utah. Certainly going to have more fire firepower than a than a you know no Cam Rising Utah team. I think Joe Milton, although he hasn't truly been tested yet, he's been good so far. Um, this this is obviously the biggest test he'll get this year. Um, but Tennessee is good, and they have a lot of firepower on offense. Um, I'm going to pick Tennessee, but he—it's—it's it's a good point. It's a night game in the swamp. As as last year, I don't think Tennessee really blew it. Uh, Hooker got hurt, and that kind of derailed the whole season. Um, but from a, they might be cursed. So who knows? Maybe maybe the curse. Uh, continues in, in Gainesville, but I like Tennessee here. I just think it's a little too much talent. Uh and honestly coaching too. I think I think Hupel's done a great job in Tennessee. Um and and Billy's had a little bit of a shaky start in Gainesville. Again with no quarterback. But even though Merce is deep, Merce is maybe a little better than we thought. But I uh, I like Tennessee. Yeah, Alec, great point. Uh I can't wait to watch. Those are really the only four games I'm gonna be pretty much watching. Uh look, I think the Jets and the Tennessee tight or Tennessee Volunteers are in the same boat in terms of luck. Uh, they're both cursed in their own way, and uh, I'm not complaining about it. But, look, guys, we all know that week four is the week where we're going to have a lot of fun here. But, uh, like always, thanks for coming on. Everyone at home, thanks for watching. We'll make sure to put it up on YouTube this week. And, uh, yeah, man, appreciate the support. Go Canes. Go Canes. Go